listening to our prayers to you. We know you are listening. We pray a protection over all your sons and daughters in China, especially those that are spreading your word. We look forward to the day soon when China is a Christian country. Hear our prayers. Amen. Morning that we have uh, today, eh? Such great information. Lee, wonderful having you up here um, speaking, talking to us. I was just looking at the time and thinking, don't you hate it when worship leaders steal some of your preaching time? (laughs) God is good, eh? God is good. Can I get an amen from anyone on that? I I don't know. It's just God God is here in a different way today. The atmosphere is is just somehow different. God's goodness. You know, you're in a safe place today if you're here, especially if you're new here. I want you to know that. My name's John Alp. I'm, I'm the senior pastor here. But you're in a safe place because God loves you and we care for you. Um... You don't have to have a mask on to be here today. None of us are perfect. God doesn't expect you to pretend that you're perfect. You can just be you. And he's going to love on you. He's already been just speaking into your heart and encouraging you about relationship, especially relationship with him. But you're absolutely safe. Please don't pretend. Hey, today is the first of three weeks that we're going to be looking at reaching people from other cultures, and we've been working with the Baptist, um, our, our Baptist denomination for well over 100 years, having this self-denial, although some of it is decadence. You know, when you look at what we are able to buy at morning tea times, and I don't know whether that's happening today, but hope it is. Um, <laughs> The decadence part is, is that sort, but usually we're trying to raise money just by not having enough, um, or going without something and giving that to be able to, um, to go to missions. And, and $5,000, isn't it amazing how generous you guys are as a church? How generous we are as a people? I think it's absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning the way God has opened our hearts in generosity. Well, I want to just encourage that today, and I, I want to um, do it by, by talking a bit about um, a particular Thai woman by the name of Pom, who was here a few years ago. And um, she's been working overseas. She's church planting in Weset, and it's, she's planted a small struggling group that's grown to about 20 people over three years. They're poor. They don't have enough money to be able to support her, so she trusts God. And we are one of the sources of being able to give money into Pond's life. God will, will give it from different angles as well. But um, we're able to support her, and we've started something that, just like don't, uh, supporting someone, uh, a child, Overseas and World Vision, a dollar a day. Some of you might like to consider being part of that dollar a day as a result of, of this morning. Um, she's, she teaches English to children each week as an outreach. She has oversight for 12 churches in her region. Isn't that incredible? And um, she's developing a campsite for the region, and she's head of prayer healing for Thailand. And previously, she's church planted for 15 years in Lotbury and saw many people come to Christ. She's a great woman, isn't she, to be able to support in that that sort of way. 
So I want to tell you why it's really good for us to use a little bit of our money, our Kiwi money, in these ways. It's a valuable investment. Um, but I want to start from the perspective of heaven. So I want you to imagine that you've died, right? And, and you're looking back. And the very first thing, or one of the, the first things that will happen is we will face judgment. And the Bible actually describes two judgments. The first one is um, the great white throne judgment, is what it's usually called. Um, but we'll face two, but we'll only be judged in one. I'm sure you, most of you will realize that. The great white throne judgment is spoken about here. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he'll sit on his throne in his heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right, and the goats will go on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, the sheep, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to... And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to... And I was a stranger, and you said, come in. And I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or in prison? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these. Could you say the least of these? One of the people who are the least of these, you did for me. And then he will say to those on the left, the goats, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did not do for one of the least on this earth, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life, into heaven. Now, it'll be a very scary day, a day of judging between whether we make heaven or hell. And the commonality of everyone who goes to heaven is that they have been helping those who are the least of these. Now, does that mean that really heaven is all about works? We, we earn our way to heaven by what we do for the people that are the least of the world. Well, you have to scroll back from Scripture, as we were talking about when we were looking at the issue of women as equals. You have to scroll back from an individual difficult passage and look at the overall message of the Bible. And the Bible is very, very clear. No one gets to heaven by earning their way. It's not actually teaching that. The Bible is really clear that only Jesus, believing in Jesus, can open a door of forgiveness because of what Jesus did on the cross. All of us get to heaven by that way. So what is this passage actually teaching? It's teaching this, that if you have been saved, you will be involved with the least because your heart has changed. No longer is your life or my life all about me and all about you. But it's also about people who need help, who need care, who need concern, who need generosity. Our hearts will be moved, and every single true Christian will be like that. So we've got to ask the question, have we genuinely been saved? 
Are you sitting here today with a hard heart towards people who are in need? Are you currently working with people in the community who are the poor, who are the oppressed? Or are you looking back years and years? Because Jesus said every person who gets to heaven, their heart becomes open towards the needs of the people of this world. And we're drawn in to help people and to serve people and to be with people and to share Christ with people because of the change that's happened in our heart. So are you saved? Or is it just a game in your head? You know, we're excused one judgment, the great throne judgment, but we do receive another one. It's often called the Bema judgment, based out of the Greek word, Bema. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and a little mention of it here. It says, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due for him or for her, for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, this is not the same judgment as that other judgment as to whether you get into heaven or not. It says, if you are a sheep, if you are someone who has trusted Jesus Christ, your destination is heaven. But once we get to heaven, we then face a day where we will also be judged for our life, how it, what we've done with it, what we've, what we've done with the resources that we've had. Whether we've done an awful lot for Christ or whether we've done little, will be known on that day and it'll be shown on that day. It goes on and it says, in fact, this, this, this judgment is better referred to as a reward ceremony. This is the Grammy Awards. This is the Emmys. This is where you get the prizes. Can you say prizes? You're not just going to get one. There are prizes for you. Because the Bible's just full all over of rewards, rewards. Don't worry about investing so heavily into this world. Now, invest into the eternity. There's all sorts of scriptures that are talked about from, from our finances to what we do, how we're helping people, our time, all sorts of things. And there's a little word in there so often, reward, reward, reward. So there comes a day when God rewards us as people. But look at the context of this reward ceremony. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade people. That we are, what we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. And I've left out quite a few good verses, but just for the sake of time. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all of us died. And he died, Jesus, for all, that those of us who live should no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, we've seen this verse today, he or she is a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciling other people. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has commanded us the message of reconciliation. We're to go out and let people know that Jesus can forgive and does not want to count people's sin against them. It's an amazing message. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no son to be sin to be sin for us so that through him we might become the righteousness of God. 
And so what I was saying was all over the scripture, there are hints and plain statements as well that says God is going to keep record of everything that we've done for him. And there will come a day when we will be on the red carpet and we will be dressed to the... Well, I'm kidding there. But we'll be on that carpet and we'll be going in to a reward ceremony for our life. And God's got things for you and things for me. And he'll say, and the nominees are... And your name and my name will come up. But I want to suggest that things that he didn't ask for won't be very high on his rewards list. I want to suggest that obedience is the thing that will have great reward. What he's actually asked us to do, whether we've stepped up, manned up, womaned up, and actually set out to do those things. And the rewards will be eternal in nature. It's not a crunchy bar this size. It's not even a crunchy bar this size that you eat it and you think, hmm, hmm. This is eternal reward. If you and I think of heaven as being like one of the theme parks in Australia, anyone been to any of them in Brisbane, uh, Gold Coast, Disneyland, America? Give me a wave for everyone on a theme, have been to a theme park. If you think of a theme park thing like that, or you know it and you've seen it in pictures, some people will have a ticket to a ride that others of us won't have. That's what it means. God is not a communist. He says, if you follow and obey and do and invest and give and help, I'm recording every single thing that you've done. And I will reward you for those things. And those rewards will last for eternity. Now, heaven will be amazing. If you don't get a ticket to that ride, heaven will still be amazing. But you will not have a ticket to that ride. I've always thought I'd love to come back to earth to, to surf from heaven, get to eternity, get aboard, and have a ticket. Come back, go to Bali. I'd be 20 years of age, so I wouldn't get hurt by the waves. You know, I'd just be able to just enjoy myself. I wonder whether I will receive something of that sort of interest to me as reward. Or I wonder whether... It'd be wonderful, but I never get that opportunity, so to speak. But the context is getting rewards for obedience to the command to evangelize. This reward ceremony is set in the context, these verses about a reward ceremony are set in the context of how well have we done at winning other people to Christ. Not even winning, but sharing about Jesus with other people. And just leaving the fruit of whether people accept Jesus or not to, to the Holy Spirit. Let him do his work. But how well would we do? Do you remember when you were a kid and, um, and it was sports time and you went out on, onto the field and they had to pick teams and the most athletic person was the picker, it, obviously the two most athletic people, and they went him, her, him, him. And all the cool people, all the really good athletic people suddenly are on teams. And then there's the rest of us. Were you one of the rest of us? Do you remember how it felt? And eventually it gets down to the dregs 
Oh, you can have him, and you can have her, you know, and you kind of, oh, okay. You remember that? I think some of us as Christians will feel that way at the rewards ceremony if the first rewards are given for people that we've won to Christ. How long would we be waiting? I mean, obviously, Reinhard Bonnke's going to get first prize. Okay, those that have won millions to Christ, Reinhardt trudges up. But where will we be? How much of a priority of our life has this actually been? You know, he did say the final thing to the church, make disciples, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and make lots of money. He didn't say go and make babies. He didn't say go and become a doctor. And there's nothing wrong with any of those three things, although get the baby thing in the right order. They're all part of life. But Jesus said, he's meaning as you're going through your life, make disciples of the people that you influence for Jesus Christ. Not just get them in the kingdom, but stay with them and train them, make disciples of them. As you go, making a career, family, life, make disciples. You know, most of us need to get better at being able to take these opportunities. Um, because opportunities arise, and they're going to arise for every single one of you. I was, in, I was having a coffee with George um, Hatting a couple of months ago. And we went to coffee culture at the Palms. And we sat down, the girl came, brought us the coffees. And George had a tract, called, a, a, a tract that says, The Test, on it. And as the girl gave the um, coffee on our table, he said, I've got a test for you. Could you wait a moment and I want to do this test with you? And she said, look, I'm busy, but I'll get another staff member to come and they can do your test. And so we start our coffees. A few moments later, another girl comes down and she's very tentative and, and she says, I think you've got a test I have to do. And George says, yes, that's right, sit down. So she sits down and, and he, he takes her through the, the um, questions of the test and, and he's asking her, have you ever known Jesus? It gets to this point, have you ever known Jesus? And she's saying, well, no. And, and he's saying, well, is there any good reason? And I'm sitting there thinking, how far is this going to go? Um, this, is, this is coffee culture. This girl doesn't even have to come and she could say, I'm busy but she wasn't. And, and, then, and, and, and it got to the point where he said, well, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to accept Jesus right now in your life? And he, she said, well, actually, no, I'm quite interested. And he said, well, pray this prayer after me. And she's praying the prayer, and I'm sitting there with big wide eyes at George. Now, he's going to be sharing on, on the 13th of May because he's just a natural at these sort of conversations. And all of us need to take time to get better at being able to share the love that Jesus has, because we've got this ministry of reconciliation. But I want to tell you about another equally valid method that is so little known. And again, I want you to consider yourself dead, all right? Close your eyes, dead, everyone there? You're there? Give me a yell when you're dead. All right, you're all there? You, you, you're now meeting with all of... People have gone before. There's family, there's friends, there's that really good person who died way before you thought their time should have been up. They're greeting you, 
And then suddenly people from other cultures start coming and they're all smiles and they're coming up and they're hugging you and they've got pats and they're saying thank you. And you find yourself saying, I don't know you. Who are you? Why are you greeting me when I've just arrived in heaven? And they go, because we're here because of something you did. It's going to happen. They're going to say, do you remember when? And you'll sit there, you might take a thousand years, but the penny will eventually drop. And you'll remember when you actually invested into someone who was working with the poor and sharing Jesus with people. And you thought, that's good, a good place to invest my finance in. And because of the work that that person called Pon did, and people came to Christ, they're now coming to you and to me and saying, thank you. If Pon had just literally run out of money, I would never have known that Jesus loves me in the way that he does. And Sandra and I, over the years, have invested into many people who, who we consider have good, fruitful ministries into. And I just want to encourage you, this is another way that you can see that reward ceremony come to a totally different place. As, and the nominees are and hear your name higher up the list than you were. Because you see, there's this amazing verse that says, Jesus said this, he said, anyone who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. So he says, you, the people are actually receiving the Father and me and you. And then he says this, anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he's a righteous man or a woman will receive a righteous person's reward. And anyone, even if they give just a cup of cold water, even if they just give a dollar a day into someone's ministry overseas who is working at the coalface of the least of them, will receive to that little one, because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward or her reward. Isn't that amazing? It just puts the idea that, hey, we're going to raise money for, for Baptist work through, through various means, but we've also got this other thing where we're supporting a woman with a, a simple thing like, like supporting a child overseas, but this one's for evangelism, this one's for church planting, and, and who knows where this, this woman, Pon, will reach the next Billy Graham. And out of someone she reaches... God just goes, whoom. Do you know, we've been supporting Baptist work as a denomination for over 100 years. A lot of it in India and Bangladesh. They were together and then they split apart and the work has continued in both countries. For a lot of time, it was just sowing, sowing, sowing. Very little people coming to Christ, but sowing, sowing, sowing. And then in the 90s, revival hit. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people came to Christ and got baptized. It was just an exciting phase. And New Zealand Baptists were taking some hard-earned money from New Zealand, and they were investing to allow that sowing and then that reaping to take place. Can you imagine how people's accounts of those that have come to Christ through you just went cha-ching, 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 cha-ching? Let me say that again. I got no response. Can you actually imagine... The rewards 
that have come to many people through their faithful, financial, and prayerful investment in those two, two countries alone have increased. They didn't actually lead them to Christ. Locals did. But God chases, the, uh, traces. He doesn't chase. Well, he does chase. He's a very good chaser, actually. Some of you got chased. God traces the line back to everyone that's helping to make that person at the very front end effective, supporting them. You know, inequality is an opportunity. We live in, just by being born in New Zealand, we are in the top 5% of wealthy people in the world. We're it. Don't look, don't look somewhere else. We're, we're in it. Top 5%. What do you think is reasonable? What do you think is the minimum God would expect of us with our finances towards the least of these? Now, there are least of these in our own country. There are many people around that we should be helping and supporting. But there are, I think, something like a, a third of the world survive on less than a dollar a day. $365 is their annual salary. And yet we live in the 5% of the richest people who've ever lived and 5% and of the richest in the entire world. There's a lot of inequality. But inequality is an opportunity. And God sees it that way. I, look, I, I won't read it for the sake of time because I, I did take time at the beginning of church. But, but God, God expects us. He also says, look... If there's love in your heart, if there's no love in your heart, you're not saved. But if that love grows, the way that it's supposed to express is just let it out. Let it out onto people. Let it out onto those who are the least of them so that the inequality gets addressed. True Christianity is, is action motivated from the heart. We've got to be world Christians. So let's put some more time into sharing learning how to share our own faith here in New Zealand. Um, but let's, too, um, share in the fruitfulness of other people by investing our finances into the mission field, both through the Baptist work, through WEC with Andrew and Jan, and we take an offering for them in December. So this one, what we're doing today, is for the Baptist work and, and for POM, whom we support also. Um, and, and let's just let our finances stretch another way. Like me, you're probably running through your mind, well, uh, uh, yeah, what would I change in my spending? But you know, it's worth the change. It's worth the change. Team, can you come? If you're interested in um, how to go about a dollar a day, probably you'd set up an auto payment. There are some forms here explaining how to do that. They're exactly the same forms if you're not tithing um, in the church, because I'm not talking about using your tithe. This is an offering over and above. But it, it'll explain it there, and once a month you could send automatically through the money for PON. As long as it's indicated, we'll make sure that it gets to here.